0: If you take your Bibles and turn with me this afternoon to 2nd Chronicles, chapter 24, I'd like to pick up where we left off this morning. Zechariah is one of those obscure characters in the Bible, but he ought not to be. He ought not to be. In fact he is mentioned by the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that? This obscure prophet who seems to appear on the pages of history for all but one day was honored by the Lord Jesus Christ in really a fulfillment of his last words. Look with me, Second Chronicles chapter 24, verse 20. And the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the people, and said unto them, Thus saith God, Why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord, that ye cannot prosper? Because ye have forsaken the Lord, he hath also forsaken you." And they, the princes with King Joash, conspired against him and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. Though at, thus Joash the king remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but slew his son. And when he died, he said, the Lord, look upon it, and require it. Zechariah appears but for a moment and is killed. Any guesses as to what his name means? You might have a guess uh, from the latter part of his name that it includes the name of God, Jehovah. Jehovah and you'd be right, Zechariah, Yah, Yahweh, Jehovah. His full name means Jehovah Remembers. What a great name for a man who appeared but one day in history and was murdered. We seem to forget him. He's not one of those characters on our top hundred of who's who in the Bible. He's faded from our memory, but his very name means Jehovah remembers. And that's really what he is calling for in his last words. The Lord, that is Jehovah, look upon it and require it. Fast forward with me in history. This is during the reign of King Joash. Go all the way through the end of Judah. Judah is carried away captive to Babylon. Seventy years of captivity ends, and Israel returns to the land. There is another prophet that arises whose name means Zechariah, which means Jehovah remembers. In fact, the book Zechariah, in your Bibles, the Old Testament book, is not the same Zechariah. It's a Zechariah who lived a few hundred years after this Zechariah. But turn with me to this Zechariah. Again, his name too means Jehovah remembers. He began his prophecy in the eighth month in the second year of Darius. You heard about him from Daniel, remember? That was the king who threw Daniel into the lion's den. And the word of the Lord comes to Zechariah. And look what he says as he begins in verse 2. The Lord hath been sore displeased with your fathers. Therefore say thou unto them, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith The Lord of hosts. Now, do you still have your finger over there in 2 Chronicles 24? Compare these two sermons. Oh, that's the one sentence sermon of the first, Zechariah, was basically a call, a question. Why do you transgress the commandment of the Lord that you cannot prosper? And then he says, because ye have forsaken the Lord, he hath also forsaken you. Now look what this Zechariah, a few hundred years later, how he begins. He's speaking to a people who have already forsaken the Lord. And what does he say? Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Hosts. When you feel forsaken of the Lord, or as one who never knew the Lord, what ought you to do? Turn to the Lord. The second Zechariah warns, Be not ye as your fathers, unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doings. But they did not hear nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not take hold of your fathers? And they returned and said, Like as the Lord of hosts thought to do unto us, according to our ways and according to our doings, so hath he dealt with us. The prophets come and go, but God's word remains, and God's word came to pass. We're going to learn more about what happened to King Joash and those princes uh, next week. But um, let us take some time here to consider his sermon. And we don't have time to go through the whole book of Zechariah. It's a fascinating book, and Pastor Virgil's already preached through it. And if you want to get those, and I encourage you, if you have time, to listen to those sermons in that series again. But um, this, this beginning sermon hearkens back to his namesake. And it's fascinating because it's not only just a single namesake, because we compare Scripture with Scripture. I'm going to give you a little bit of detail here. This morning you may have noticed I kept referring to uh, Zechariah as either Jehoiada's son or grandson. It's his grandson. And the word son in Hebrew can mean son, grandson, great-grandson. It can can mean several generations, I mean under generations, further down. It just means that he is the descendant of... And we find out, as we compare Scripture with with Scripture, that the two Zecharias actually had a father with the same name, Berechiah. And and we find that out from, of all people, Jesus. So turn with me to Jesus' day. So here we have, in the days of King Joash, this first Zechariah who comes and warns the people of their forsaking the Lord. He's forsaking them. A few hundred years later, we have the prophet Zechariah, who wrote the book of Zechariah, who comes and appeals to the people and tells them, draw close to God. He will draw to you, God Almighty. And then we go a few hundred years later, and we have the greatest prophet of all, the Lord Jesus Christ, come. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 23. As Jesus is preparing to die, he rebukes the scribes and the Pharisees. He pronounces seven great woes upon them. And as he comes and begins to wrap up these issues, He's calling upon the Pharisees to remember what they've done in the past. Look at Matthew 23, verse 30. Jesus says, and say, if, if these, speaking of these Pharisees and hypocrites, and, and they say, If we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Scribes of Pharisees are saying, if we had been back in the days of King Joash, we would have had nothing to do with that conspiracy to murder Zechariah. Nah, we're not like that. Perhaps you today are saying the same thing. I'm not like them. I wouldn't be like that. And Jesus continues in verse 31. Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. And he's saying more here than that they are the descendants of those who killed the prophets. He's saying you're like them. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, How can ye escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you, may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel. Remember Cain and Abel? Unto the blood of Zacharias, the son of Barakias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Now, why is Jesus saying that? It's been thousands of years since Abel was killed. It's been hundreds of years since Joash and his crony princes conspired and murdered Zechariah. So how will it come upon this generation? You know how? Because this generation is, as he is speaking, conspiring to kill the greatest prophet of them all, Jesus, the eternal Son of God. And you might think Jesus is rather stern in this, and he is. But notice how his tone changes in verse 37 as he goes from denouncing these scribes to weeping. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killedest the prophets and stonedest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her children under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. As we compare parallel passages with parallel passages in the Gospels, we find out that either at the very same time, Or in another occasion, when he says the exact same thing, it is as he is riding on the donkey into Jerusalem and everyone shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord! And yet Jesus knows that in the midst of the shouts of Hosanna and praise, there is the conspiracy to destroy him. And he weeps. fascinating that he invokes Zechariah and also that Zechariah spent much of his prophecy, the writing writing prophet Zechariah or the written record is about the Messiah coming back and records events. He's the very one who prophesied that um, they will see him whom they pierced. So I have a question for us. To whom do you give ear? Who do we give our ear to? Here, here Jesus says to them in this very moment of, 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 of you, you hearken to hearken to these prophets. Hearken, hearken to them. But but they would not. All of this here, you the prophet Zechariah, remember as what he said in all of this here. He's calling to them to turn and to not be as your evil fathers who did not hear nor hearken unto me. Zechariah here is recalling that day of the day when they wouldn't listen to the prophets. So do we listen? Really, as we consider and wrap this all up this afternoon, I, I, I have really two questions for you. The first one is, do you hearken to God? That's the most important. Do you hearken, that is hear, and do something about it? What God has said. Do you hear what God has said, and do you do something about it? That's the most important question. For many of us, that is asked by, do we even know what God has said? Do we spend time feeding and feasting upon the words of God? the whole counsel of God, the whole scriptures? Do we spend time understanding and knowing God's word? First question, do you hear God and obey? Second question, who else do you give your ear to? And should you? Who do you give your ear to? Remember when Zechariah wasn't the only prophet sent to King Joash. There were many prophets that were sent to them. And what does it say? They would not give ear. Remember Bible Hour this morning? We pictured that. You know, they turned around and they covered their ears. You know, we, 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 I don't think they did that. I think they just sat there and heard it. But it was as we say, went in one ear and out the other ear. They did nothing about it. It was just sounds. They treated it as nothing more than sounds. Who do we give ear to? It's sad because this comes immediately after when it tells us and records in 2 Chronicles 24 that the princes came and he hearkened to them and what was their idea? Let's go serve other gods. Now, I think it's actually interesting that in 2 Chronicles 24, as well as in 2 Kings 12, it doesn't actually say what the princes said. Did you notice that? It doesn't say that they came to him and said, Let's go serve other gods. It leaves a blank. I have a suspicion. I have a suspicion. Satan is awful, crafty, he's subtle, he's sneaky. He doesn't always come like that. Kids, listen up. As you grow older, there's going to be all kinds of voices, all kinds of people who have all kinds of opinions and have all kinds of things that they're going to say to you. And Satan is out there too, wanting to deceive you. And it doesn't always come like this Hey, Micaiah, let's go serve other gods, let's go bow down to idols. Sometimes it's that blatant. But very frequently, it's just little things. Hath God said, did God really say this? Ah, Joash. Yeah, Jehoiada. Yeah, he was a bit eccentric, don't you think? Hey, Charlie, don't you think your mom and dad are a little bit religiously fanatic? I'm liking fun. That's not what I think or say. But you see how these little things come in, and they question, and they're little seeds. It doesn't say what these princes said to Joash. I don't think it happened boldly. It might have. I think it was ever so subtle and subtle and subtle. Now, ultimately, the responsibility did lie with Joash. He was not grounded. He was not rooted in God as he ought to have been. But who do we listen to? Who are the voices? Who are our friends who may make the little comments of, Oh, that's silly. Oh, that's too extreme. Oh, where does it say that in the Bible? Can you make chapter and verse for that? Oh, I don't know how far to go with giving these such examples because there's a thousand and one, a million and one different ways that young people are oftentimes challenged. And I'm not talking about just the ones that are this tall. I'm talking about all of us. Little sound bites, little trinkets of information or questions or details. May I challenge you today to ask yourself this question. In fact, even if you have a piece of paper handy, jot some things down. Who do you give your ear to? Who do you give your ear to? I, I hope that at the top of your list, you have God. I hope that's at the top of your list. God is the one I give my ear to and His Holy Spirit. Who some other people you give your ear to? What does it mean to give your ear to them? That means to listen, to hearken. That means to hear and to do something about what they say. Who do you give your ear to? You give it to God? Husbands, do you give it to your wives? I hope you do. I hope that you listen to your wives. Wives, do you give your ear to your husband? Do you listen to your husband? Kids, do you give ear to mom and dad? We need to. Give ear to mom and dad. What other voices are out there? Oh, you might think of the preacher standing up here. Do you give ear to the preacher? What other voices are in your life, are in your world? Think about it. Do you have a TV in your house? Do you even know who you're giving your your ear to when you turn that TV on? We don't watch TV in our house. The biggest reason is I don't know what's going to come on next. And I'm not interested in giving my ear to what I don't know is going to come. I'm not interested in it. Now, it used to be that you could sum it up that way with talking about the TV, but nowadays we we carry TVs in our pockets. We have them on our computers, and we have all kinds of voices. Who do you listen to? Who do you give ear to when you sit down in your car and turn on that radio? Ooh, I'll tell you. As I've really challenged and questioned this over the years, I... I take second thoughts about turning that knob on in my radio. I've come to the point of turning it on on the hour, on the half hour to catch the news for the day if I happen to be in the car at that time, and that's about it. Because those voices and those things that I hear so often disturb me. Even you might say, oh, well, we need to know this stuff. We need to be informed. You know one of the things that challenged me to turn them off years ago? is when I had it on and I had one of my kids in the back seat and I had to quick turn it off. And I realized, wait a minute. If I don't want my son to hear it, why am I giving it ear? And I'm not talking about just information that was heavy for a child to carry. I'm talking about derogatory language. Why would I give ear to that? Who do I give ear to? When we watch things on our phones or on our computers or on our TV, who are we giving ear to? And what messages are there? What is being communicated through that? And again, it isn't always just bold. Let's go serve other gods. Oftentimes, it's ever so subtle questions philosophies that are just little who do you give ear to how do you discern information then that's a huge issue in our day i honestly believe that one of the greatest crises that faces the church as well as uh, as the modern people of this era is information overload we have so much information so much data so much that inundates us that we first of all aren't even trained to think critically to begin with and then what makes it worse is that there's so much of it how do you sort through it i mean we have a library here at the church and there's a library down the road here and you have libraries in your home how do you how do you sort through what's in your library How do you sort details? How do you know to whom to give ear? And I'm not just talking about on matters of theology or Christian living or raising your children. But in everything, every aspect of our lives, to whom do we give ear and how do we decide to whom we're going to give ear? This is the reason why throughout the New Testament there is so much an admonition given to us, as we learned in 1 Peter a few weeks ago, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober, watch to the end. Be alert. It's so important. I was recently, uh, one of you shared with me of, of a song that they heard being played. And the chorus of it is a beautiful rendition of singing the word hallelujah, which is praise the Lord. And um, nowadays, our music doesn't always come as, you know, CDs. In fact, we're not quite sure how to transition this as a church. We want to give you good music, but then so few places have CD players. How do you get good music now delivered? Well, one of the main ways it's being delivered now is through streaming services. And so you begin to stream music and you hear things and you know there's computers that augurize what you listen and they try to decide what you want and they may find out that you like to listen to a particular style of Christian music and so they feed you this. Well, there's a song out there called Hallelujah and it has a gorgeous chorus And in fact, the music to it, musically and stylistically, is beautiful and well done. But the words to this song are perverted. And in fact, what makes it worse is that the song, because it has the Christian title Hallelujah, gets mingled into all these streaming services, into your very ears, And you may know this song and sing along to the chorus and not even really, because it's in the background, know the words. Somebody brought this to my attention. It was on the streaming, just kind of got fed to them. And then they were singing along to the chorus and then started listening to it and was horrified. Praise God, they were horrified. But here it is fed to them. Uh, I I looked it up. I went to a real reliable source, Rolling Stones. Not a real reliable source, but a real reliable source. It, It was basically boasting of fact that this song incorporated and, as they put it, redeemed the word hallelujah for secular use. The word hallelujah means praise the Lord, praise Jehovah. And here this has a song idolizing immorality and the climax of the immorality is praise the Lord, hallelujah, in this beautiful chorus. <clears throat> you see how there's subtility? The devil plays that game. And it's not the only place. It happens all the time. And we have to be on alert. It's hard, especially when we talk about music or we talk about a lot of different things. We just sometimes just want to go into autopilot. Can't I just go and just enjoy life and not have to always be on guard? I'm sorry to say no. We are in a war and we have to be on guard and be aware Take up, gird up the loins of your minds. What are you listening to? And it's not just music, it's the books that we read, it's the commentaries that we read. A few weeks ago, Pastor brought up um, a particular author um, who was well known in, in writing commentaries in the Bible, but yet he has some pretty big problems. Um, how many of you ever heard of a, another famous writer named C.S. Lewis? Oh, he's pretty famous. Everybody knows C.S. Lewis, right? Do you know that a lot of things, there are many things that C.S. Lewis has written that are true. I've seen many quotes that when I read them, they're very good. But oh, be careful with C.S. Lewis. He has some very serious problems. And we have to be on guard. Be aware of what we give ear to. I encourage you in this week, give ear to God as a priority in this week. In fact, not just this week, for your whole life. But then pay attention to the other voices. And I don't mean pay attention to them in the sense of hear them and do what they say. But go through this week, and when you turn on that radio, ask yourself, now to what am I giving my ear seriously ask yourself that question when you see a video clip or you turn on the tv ask what am i giving ear to and it's not just of sources outside but even of your friends you know what kids i'm gonna give you a good good suggestion did you have any conversation with other kids in the church today you know what, it would be a good thing to go home and talk to mom and dad about what you talked about at church. That'd be a really good idea. Talk to mom and dad about what you talked to your friends at church about. Your parents then hopefully will help you to know when to give ear and what to listen to and what to say, no, that's not a good idea. Do you see? I plead with you, all of you, we learned about Joash this morning. Mm. If only we could have left it with the boy king. But the boy king grew up, and he went bad. How often do we see that in the lives of children from Christian homes? Ask yourself as parents, why? Young people, ask yourself why? How are you going to prepare yourself in going out to the world and have to deal with philosophies that likely have some truth or even a lot of truth, but that which is false mixed in how are you going to prepare yourself to stand guard? Who will you hearken to? And what will you reject? But in all of it, oh, stick close to God. Let me leave you with the words of Zechariah in the book of Zechariah. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts. And I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Be ye not as your fathers, of whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doings. But they did not hear, nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not take hold of your fathers? And they returned and said, Like as the Lord of hosts thought to do unto us, according to our ways and according to our doings, so hath he dealt with us." I asked this question this morning. Do you belong to Jesus? That's very important. Are you his? If not, today's the day to do something about that. And then engage in the fight. We're in a war. And stand strong upon the sure foundation of God's Word and His faithfulness and the empowering of His Holy Spirit. Great God, we thank You for Your Word. I pray this morning that each one of us would draw close to You, that we would know You and that we would hearken unto You, and that we would beware of to whom we give ear. May we have wise counselors as Jehoiada. But even in the wise counselors who make mistakes like Jehoiada did, we would know you first and foremost to be even stronger. Lord Jesus, I pray for those here this morning who have not believed on you, in whom you have not taken up abode, that today they would believe on you, be saved, have their sins forgiven, and that your Holy Spirit would live inside of them. Dear Holy Spirit, teach us, may we not quench you, guide us as we wander through, but not wander, occupy with our loins of our minds girded up as we engage this world looking for your return. We need you. We give ourselves to you this day, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.